mindfulness mode. From day to day, progress is invisible. But from year to year, progress is impossible to miss. Hey, Mindful Tribe, I'm here to talk about learning today. And learning is something that we've talked about a lot. I mean, it can really help you to be fulfilled and it can help you move forward. It can help you achieve what you want in life. I'm here to talk about Next Level Universe, which is part of Next Level University. He has a podcast. He has so much to share. I'm here today with Kevin Palmieri. Kevin, are you in mindfulness mode today? I am, Bruce. I'm excited to chat. I think we are already having a somewhat hyper-conscious conversation behind yeah. the scenes. So let's bring it to the forefront and see where we go. Exactly. Yeah. So tell us what mindfulness means to you, Kevin. Mindfulness to me is being conscious of the moment during the moment. I think for, for many of us, it's e I don't want to say it's easy. Our reflection is usually where we get the lessons from. But for me, mindfulness is being in this moment with Bruce and understanding the way Bruce is reacting makes me feel a certain way, which makes me react a certain way, which getting into those layers. So yeah, understanding in the moment how the moment is affecting you, I think is mindfulness to me. Yeah, totally. And I want to find out how you got into this space where you started this Next Level University podcast and you have nextleveluniverse.com. How did this all get started, Kevin? I found quote unquote success at 26. And when I opened up the pay stub that suggested I was successful, I realized that nothing inside of me changed and nothing inside of me shifted. None of my insecurities were gone. None of the internal voids that I had were fixed or filled. So I said to myself, for most of my life, in this moment I realized, for most of my life I've lived unconsciously. I've just kind of been going through the motions, not knowing why I'm doing what I'm doing. The opposite of unconscious is hyperconscious. So I started a podcast called The Hyperconscious Podcast. And it was that, Bruce. It was, I want to talk about life. I want to talk about what you're afraid of. I want to talk about what you're excited about. I want to talk about the stuff that you think only you think about before you go to bed. Right. I want to talk about that. That's what I want to jam on. And I fell in love with podcasting as I fell out of love with my job. Uh, so my job at the time, I was in an industry called weatherization. Okay. All that means is we would go into buildings and make them more energy efficient. Okay. That was my my job in a nutshell. Mm -hmm. We worked for the state, so I spent a lot of time traveling. We were always in different states working on different buildings. So I start calling out of work. I start leaving the job site early. I start showing up late. I got hooked on this podcast thing, but I didn't know how to pay the bills with it. I didn't know how to make it into a business. So my job just kept draining me and draining me, and it was less aligned and less aligned, and my mental health was taking a turn. So what happened, which really shifted my life, I woke up in a hotel room in New Jersey, which is six hours from where I lived at the time. My alarm clock goes off. I sit up, I slide to the edge of the bed, I'm lacing up my work boots. And the best way to explain it, Bruce, is that morning it was like there was 10 televisions on in my head at the same time. And every single one was just on a different station. And one is saying you're stuck at this job forever. I know you don't want to be here, but people like you don't leave this right? Like that identity level. Mm -hmm. If you do work up the courage to leave, what are your friends going to say? You make more money than any of your friends. There's a lot of significance there. What's your family going to say? Your family is very proud of you and what you've created. 
And the loudest one for me was, do you really think you can be a successful podcaster? Mm -hmm. Like, is that what we're going to do? That's our plan B here. Like, what are the odds that this is going to work? And in that moment, I felt that if I was to take my life, I would take my problems with me. Mm -hmm. And I'm very blessed because I have a great group of humans around me. So I messaged my friend, who's now my business partner, and I explained to him my situation. And he said, Kev, over the last couple of years, your awareness, your mindfulness, your consciousness has evolved, but your environments have remained the same. I think it's time for you to change your environment. So I ended up leaving that job three or four months later and then starting this journey as a full-time podcaster, trying to figure out what all of this meant and how to do it. And that's really where it, when I went full-time into this, it was like, okay, cool. This is what we're going to do with our life. We got to figure out some stuff. And it gave me a lot more time to be mindful and a lot more time to sit with myself and try to figure out who I was as a human being. Wow, that's really, really interesting. And so then you started doing seven day, seven day a week podcasts. Wow, <laughs> yeah, that was years later. That so uh, yeah. In the beginning, we were just trying to figure it out, and it was like one a week and two a week. And then one of our mentors said, "Hey, you guys are way too good to be not doing more." Mm. I was like, "All right, cool, thanks. Like, I appreciate that. Let's do four. And we had another mentor who said the same thing. So eventually, it got to the point where for us we talk about 1% improvements every day. Mm -hmm. If I'm going to talk about you improving every day, I want to be there to help you do it. It's just, I feel the responsibility for that. And I think that for us, and I'm sure you've gotten this in the past. I mean, you have a very successful podcast as well. I know some people hear podcaster and they think like, oh, that's cute. Like, nice. You know, you do a podcast. But for us, it's like, I want to have the best podcast possible because I want to impact as many people as humanly possible. And if somebody decides, Bruce, that there's going to be an eighth day of the week, we'll find a way to do another episode so we can be there every day. Right. And now you've got this podcast called Next Level University. And so how are you helping people through the podcast? Tell us specifically how you're doing that. Yeah. One thing we try to do is we try to take a holistic approach to self-improvement. So for us, that means health, wealth, life, and love. But at a deeper level, we try to help people shift consciousness and like identity level shifts where we'll do an episode on, we might talk about money, but when we're talking about money, I want to talk about how your identity is holding you back from making more money just as much as your strategy. I want to dig into the identity conscious level uh, consciousness level things, because I think that's where everything is anyway. There, We all have certain answers to get results we want, but there's parts of us that we haven't figured out yet. And those are oftentimes the parts of us that are holding us back. So we talk about health, we talk about wealth, we talk about love, we talk about things that I think help people to understand themselves at a deeper level, right? We did a, an episode a couple of weeks ago, just as an example, what's the difference between self-belief and self-worth? A lot of us think, I believe I am capable of something, but that belief doesn't necessarily mean you know your own intrinsic worth as a human being. So that's just a different kind of conversation to have with yourself. And ultimately, I think that helps you with mindfulness and it helps you with awareness. Right. Well, you do the, your podcast with a co-host and is that co-host the same person you mentioned that is your your partner? Yep. Yep. That yeah. was him, Alan. Alan, yeah. uh, Alan has been my mentor as much as my ego did not want to admit it in the beginning, okay. he has been mentoring me since I started my self-improvement journey. And I definitely would not be the man I am today if it wasn't for, for Alan. 
I was going to say, how different would your life be if you were the, the sole podcaster and you were doing this journey on your own? It's, that's a great question. We, we talk about that often where, and Alan said this to me the other day, he said, honestly, you might have a more successful podcast than you do because he's very, he, he's very truthful. He's a mirror for a lot of humans. He's a very intelligent human being. He's a good looking guy. He's six foot two, blonde hair, blue eyes, went to one of the top technical schools in the world. I am somebody who quote unquote, shouldn't be where I am. So I think there's a level of relatability. I don't know what that, that even means. I know. I, well, <laughs> you shouldn't be where you are. <laughs> I, I, if, if you just think of, I guess, the the construct of he went to a really good college. I didn't go to college. And it just just that kind of story that we we tell ourselves. But I think that I would probably not have kept going, honestly. Mm, yeah. I mean, it's doing that many episodes is a challenge. And yes. somebody being there saying, hey, Kev, uh, we, we're we're on in an hour, or me saying, "Hey, Alan, we're on in an hour." That's a, an important piece of the puzzle that I don't think a lot of people understand. The level of necessity and accountability you have when you have a business partner like that is such a unique cheat code. So yeah. I might not even be doing the podcast anymore if it wasn't for Alan. Honestly, right, right. So are you both in the same physical location when you do the podcast, or do you no. do it no virtually? No. Yeah, we used to be. We had a custom podcast studio in between where we lived. It was in the middle. And yeah. then we realized, look, the business is growing a lot. It's not necessarily sustainable for me to drive an hour to the studio, Alan to drive up. I mean, that's an hour gone each yeah, way. Right. It's just probably not the best for productivity. And now it's like, I have a studio at home. Alan has a studio at home. I can podcast in my pajamas. So it's, it's far more scalable that way. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So you've, you've taken your life to a new level and you've helped other people do the same. Now, do you do coaching as well as part of it's, this? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We have all sorts of coaching within the business. I do podcast coaching, but I also do like mind mindset coaching and mm -hmm. Alan does peak performance coaching in business. It's at the end of the day, as a podcast, usually when somebody listens at the end of the podcast, they want to know that they can go somewhere else. Yes. It's like, what if I found a level eight value in this and I want to get a level 10 value. What does that look like? Yeah. And for most self-improvement podcasts, a good place to start is coaching. So yeah, we do a lot of coaching. Very grateful. Oh, that's awesome. And so uh, do you also have a group of some kind of your community, your followers? Yep. Yep. Yeah. We have a Facebook group that we post in every day. And then we also have a lot of, we try to have a lot of free offerings where people can just show up as a group. So we do like a virtual mastermind every month. We'll mm -hmm. just pick a topic. And we'll say, all right, cool. This is what we're going to talk on. We'll present for like a half hour. Any questions you have, please, please just hammer them in the chat and we'll do it like that. It's totally private. So the community aspect for us is, is a really important piece. And I know you can speak to this too. There's the yeah. level of belonging. Humans just want to belong. They want to figure out where they totally. fit in. And when they find that place, if you can really make sure that they get value there and make them feel safe and included, a lot can really shift for them. And did it take you a while to learn how to do that, how to offer that to your people? Yeah, I, we didn't really know. I think as a creator, oftentimes you try to create things that you would like, not what other people would like. Mm -hmm. And for a long time, we were like, this is how it should be. We should do it the way we would like it done. When in reality, our audience isn't us. So right. it took us a, a lot of quote unquote failures to figure out this is the way to do it. Yeah. But 
you know, those failures are lessons and those are things we avoid now. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, one of the things I always do on my podcast is I ask a question about the topic of bullying because I've worked in bullying prevention for a long time. Do you have a story, Kevin, about bullying where mindfulness maybe would have made a difference? Yeah. I, uh, I remember, I think I was a freshman in high school and I got glasses. I never mm -hmm. had glasses before. Yeah. First day I go to school, somebody walks up to me and says, Hey, four eyes. And that was the first, I mean, I literally had my glasses, the first day I ever had my glasses. I didn't know yeah. really even what that meant. Yeah. And I think that that's a situation when you're that young, there isn't a lot of mindfulness. Honestly, yeah. you're kind of thinking of where do I fit in in the, peck, the pecking order of this school and where's totally. my ego? I think mindfulness of the understanding that both sides, I villainize that person. How dare you make fun of me? Why are you bullying me? When... In reality, a more mindful approach that I might take now is what's going on with you that makes you feel like you need to lash out and try to hurt me? Yes. I think that's an important piece. But also on the other end of what level of significance or certainty did that person get by putting me down? And if they were mindful enough to sit and say, I wonder what Kevin's dealing with in his life behind the scenes. Uh, would I have, would he have taken the same approach? I, I doubt it. So I think mindfulness would have really shifted that. And it's a great lesson from both perspectives. I think it would have shifted both of us, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Sounds like sounds like it would have made a big difference. Mm. Yes. Well, your your podcast is heard in over 125 countries and and you've got over 1,100 episodes. Wow. Like, what is your favorite kind of podcast episode to record? Uh, one of my favorites is a reflective one. Uh -huh. I love, I love reflecting because I think we forget how far we've come or sometimes negatively, we forget how far we haven't come. Mm -hmm. So my favorite one we've ever recorded bar none, not close is also probably the least valuable one. Episode 1000, we literally just cried. I mean, Alan and I basically just cried on the microphones for 20 minutes because it, I didn't ever expect for this to happen. I didn't expect to have a multi six figure business. I didn't expect to be heard in all the country. Like for me, it's, it doesn't feel real all the time. So it's almost like the episodes that I love the most are the ones that make me sit with the fact of like, wow, we've really come a long way. We've really come a long way. And then I would say my second favorite, and we don't do interviews anymore, but anytime we would travel, we would bring all of our equipment and we would just like set up in a hotel room and make that our studio. Yeah. And those in-person interviews were really cool. Getting to meet some of the awesome people we've met in person, that was really cool because that was another one of those pinch me things. So those are probably my my two favorites. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah, I can certainly relate. So you do speaking, I know that. Uh, have you got any upcoming uh, engagements that you'd like to share? Um, I'm actually going to PodFest, a big podcast event next week, and mm -hmm. I'm on one of the panels. I'm actually on on the panel for the Mindfulness and Spirituality podcasts. Cool. So cool. I, I'll be on the panel for that. Um, other than that, we haven't, we've done a lot of virtual speaking. I think 2023 will be a bigger year for travel just because I'm realizing not just how important it is for for me as like as a speaker, but it gives me a lot of perspective too. Yeah. You know, and I think I'm always trying to figure out where do I fit? Like in terms of speakers and podcasters, where do I fit? Where do, where is all this actually landing? 
So getting in front of somebody and meeting somebody is it's just a different platform completely. Yeah, it really feels different for sure. Yeah. So are you and Alan both going to PodFest? Just me. Just I'm you. Riding, I'm riding solo on this one. Is this your first time at PodFest? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I've been to my, a bunch but, of them. Yeah. Yeah. And it's always fun. You know, I've enjoyed being a speaker there. It's, it's just a great, great uh, event to go to. So mm. I hope you find the same. I appreciate it. I'm, I told Alan, I'm a little nervous. Okay. Honestly, I'm, I'm a little nervous because number one, I've never been to an event by myself. Okay. Right. Alan and I have been to Brendan Burchard. Mm-hmm. You know, we've been to like Lori Harder events, another Brendan Burchard event. We've been to a lot of events together. Yeah. We've been to speeches together, but I've never been on stage, quote unquote, without Alan there. So right. it's, it's an interesting, like, it's kind of, Kevin's kind of leaving the the coop here. He's leaving the nest. So I'm excited to see what that feels like. Well, good for you. Yeah. I, I don't have any doubt that you'll just nail it. I you'll have, it. you'll have a great time, I think. And you'll, you'll just do really, really well. I so, appreciate it. Yeah. Well, it's, it's really great to talk to you about all of this. And, uh, I'm, I'm just really curious about, uh, some of the people that you've coached and some of the people that you've helped to transition in their life with not, maybe a podcast or maybe in some other way. Can you mm. share a story? Yeah, one of my favorite stories, it's not close. Like this is this is what it's all about. Uh very early in the journey, I had a young lady reach out to me on Snapchat. Mm-hmm. And she said, "Kev, I am terrified to approach strangers. I am at school and at work, and I see all these people having these conversations, but I'm always so afraid to start a conversation with them. What do I do?" And she lived close to me. So I said, "All right, this is what we're going to do. You and I are going to go to the mall. We're going to go to the mall and we're just going to start talking to people." And she's like, all right, you do that with me? And I said, yeah. And I didn't want to. I was, I was scared too. I was terrified. But again, I am the type of person who helps other people get over their fears. This is my, this is my new identity. I want to lean into this. So we meet at the mall, hug it out, get Starbucks, need a little liquid courage. And we went into a store and it was a store that sold these giant beanbag chairs. And I said, her name is Amy. I said, Amy, I want you to walk up to the desk and ask them how much it costs. And she's like, ah, I don't know. It's going to be weird. I said, no, no. They get asked that all the time. I promise it's going to go better than you think. And if anything goes wrong, I'll walk up and I'll save you. Like, you got this. So she walks up, asks, conversation goes well. We go to another store, same thing. Another store, same thing. So at that point, it's kind of like we have the foundation here. We have the foundational understandings. Let's go down to the food court. Mm -hmm. We go to the food court. We ask about the food. We go to the escalator. We're going up the escalator, having conversations with people around us. And we're getting ready to leave that day. And for some reason, Bruce, I don't know who came up with this idea, but there's these mechanical zoo animals that you can ride around at the mall. Okay. You pay $10, $15, you get them for 15 minutes, whatever. So we're walking by and Amy says, if we were really brave and courageous, we would rent those things. And I'm like, oh no, 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 no. So we end up (laughs) renting them (laughs) because again, that's my identity. I have to help this person. That's my, that's my goal here. And I have a video of us on my phone with us riding around the mall on these mechanical zoo animals. So a human who did not believe that she could have conversations with strangers because she was so afraid of judgment and rejection is quite literally seeking judgment and rejection by the end of that day. She ends up going back to school, even though she didn't believe she was smart enough and she got a 3.9 GPA at her school. She ends up getting her dream job. And she ends up moving from Rhode Island to Nashville, where she's always wanted to live. And now she's on the team. She actually works on the team with us every day, trying to impact humans. So somebody who did not believe in themselves is now on the team, helping other people believe in themselves. 
And I think that's just the best example of, you know, what self-improvement, what mindfulness, what community, what somebody believing in you can do. I, I can't think of a better story for that. That is a great story, Kevin. I just love it. You know, there's so many topics you can talk to people about to help them to move to a better place. I'm thinking about, you know, forgiveness, letting go, anger, fear. What's a topic that you think has helped the most people through the work that you do? Mm. I would say identifying and then overcoming limiting beliefs. Mm -hmm. I think that's the biggest, the biggest problem well, at least from what I've seen, is that people just don't believe it's possible. And as a human being, if you don't believe something is possible, you're not going to try. You're just, there's no point in trying. Logically, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So it's almost this, it's this paradox of if you don't believe something is possible, you don't try. If you don't try, you don't get feedback. If you don't get feedback, your awareness doesn't shift. And if your awareness doesn't shift, you kind of stay in the same path of, because I didn't try, it's not possible. But if you, in that example, right, all I did was I injected a little belief into Amy. Oh, you don't have any belief? Let me give you a little of mine. You'll take an action that you never would have taken. You'll get a result you never would have gotten, thus disproving the story that you've been telling yourself for your entire life. I think it's that. It's helping people understand just because it's normal and it's the way you think does not mean it's optimal. And just because it's a limiting belief does not mean it has to be a lifetime limiting belief. And then just having them kind of expand that comfort zone. That's That's been the biggest thing, I think, for me. Very interesting. So when you work with podcasters and help them to have a more successful podcast, what are some of the biggest mistakes you find that they've been doing? Uh, we we talked about it a little bit in the beginning. They think that they're their audience. Uh, it's That's happened so often where I'm, I say, like, who's your audience? And they're like, it's like, they're me. I, look at the stats. They're not you, right? They're, they're usually not who you are today. They're usually who you were five years ago. I don't right. know why. Yeah. It's just, that's the way it seems to work. That's one. And I think the other thing is people, and not just podcasters, I think for a lot of businesses, I think humans assume that other humans are just going to jump on board and give them money. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to building relationships, if you build the relationship, the money will come eventually. That's, that's really what I tell all of my clients is like, I want you to be talking to your audience one-on-one -on -one more than you're talking to them on your podcast. Because there's a level of relationship where when you're behind the scenes and you help somebody for free, you just say, hey, Bruce, yeah, let me send you a message. I hope, I hope all is well. Hope you're having a great new year. That's something that people aren't doing often. So that novelty is very, very valuable. So I see a lot of people thinking that the podcast is going to be the thing that makes everything else run. When in reality, I think it's the relationships that the podcast uh, allows or creates, or it creates the possibilities for those relationships. That, not, not understanding that at the end of every single one of those listens is a human being. That is a person. Mm -hmm. That is a person who is ready for more value if you can find them and deliver it. Right. Oh, that must be so interesting helping people with podcasts because there are so yes. many people out there who have podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoy it. It's one of my, I, I like mindset coaching. I do. But for me, it's like, we have a lot of deliberate practice when it comes to podcasting, right? We, as of today, I think we have 1,225 episodes. Mm -hmm. So that's a lot. And every single episode is like, we prep for it. We rep, we do the rep, we reflect 
like what went well, what didn't. And then we use that reflection to try to perfect the next one. Mm-hmm. So it's just interesting how sometimes you lose sight of what it was like to begin. But if, you, if you're talking to somebody who has just begun, it reminds you of like, oh yeah, I remember that stage. I remember when we were at that phase. It's just, it's a very, again, it's, it helps with mindfulness. Yeah. When you're coaching somebody at the beginning, you have to be ultra mindful of the fact that at this point, results do come easier to us. Not because we're quote unquote better or anything. It's just because we have more momentum. Right. Right. I yeah. mean, I most likely wouldn't be on this show if I didn't have a podcast that was successful. I, I might not be afforded that opportunity. That's sure. just different. That's just a different opportunity. So it's very important to understand that when you're at the beginning, the momentum slash opportunity is usually much smaller. Yeah. So Kevin, I want to ask you five quick answer questions. Let's so just 30 second answers are perfect. So yeah. the first one is this, who is one person who has been a powerful mindfulness influence in your life? Ooh, Alan, for sure. Alan has helped me with that tremendously. Wow, that's great. And uh, number two is, how has mindfulness affected how you deal with your emotions? Mm. Mindfulness has allowed me to not villainize people, places, things, and ideas that shouldn't be villainized. It's allowed me to pinball a thought around my brain and then let it land accurately in a constructive place, not a destructive one. Let's talk about breathing. Is breathing something that uh, really is something that you work on in your life or it makes a big difference to how you deal with situations, that kind of thing? Yeah, definitely. I have been way more mindful of breathing to the point where now I have mouth tape that I put over my mouth when I go to sleep because I'm trying to breathe more through my nose and I occasionally snore, which my wife does not like. And I understand (laughs) that. So yeah, that's big. And then I think also when you're, I mean, I speak a lot, right? Yeah. So when I'm speaking, I oftentimes don't take breaths for long periods of time. So being more mindful of that is powerful as well. If you could recommend a book that's related to mindfulness somehow, what book would that be? So I do not remember the name of the author, which I know is a cardinal sin when giving out book recommendations, but it's called The Courage to Be Disliked. And it's just a very just thought provoking book that I think gives you multiple perspectives of a human being. And it will definitely make you ask yourself questions. And that's always helpful for mindfulness. Well, that's an interesting book sounding from the title. I have not read it. I don't know this book, but I'll put it in our show notes, The Courage to Be Disliked. And it it reminds me of that that whole uh, idea from Wayne Dyer that uh, someone else's opinion of you mm. is none of your business. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. It sounds very similar to that. You'd like it. It's a, it's a very, yeah. it's just a very thought provoking, you know, the untethered soul is another yeah. really good one. Yeah. It's like that style where it makes you mm-hmm. think like, oh, really I've never thought at that level before. Interesting. Right. Right. Can you share an app which helps with mindfulness? Yeah. One of the, when I used to have pretty bad anxiety mm-hmm. and I started using the Calm app and I ah. would, it, whether it was meditation or maybe I would just lay down and listen to rainfall. That yeah. was always just like, it made me just be able to be present and just be in thought. So the Calm app has been very helpful for me. Oh yeah. That's a great app. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Well, as we wrap up the interview, do you have any final words of advice, Kevin, for Mindful Tribe listeners? One of my favorite things to say is, from and you can use this in anything really from day to day progress is invisible but from year to year progress is impossible to miss so even when we said what are my favorite episodes it's the ones that make me or allow me the opportunity to look back and say wow 
I didn't realize how far we've come. That's because when you look at yesterday and today, the Delta is not very big. But when you look at, you know, January 1st, 2023 and January 1st, 2022, there's a lot of opportunity for growth there. So, yeah, I always try to throw that one out there because I think it helps a little bit with the time perspective. So that's what I would say. Well, Kevin, it's really great talking to you. You know, I can hardly imagine that you used to deal with anxiety because you seem so relaxed, you seem so grounded, and you you seem happy too. You seem totally happy, and I think you are. So it's great meeting you, and thank you for being on Mindfulness Mode. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Bruce. You're welcome. Bye now. Hey, Mindful Tribe, thanks for joining us here on Mindfulness Mode today. I want to thank you for subscribing, for liking the podcast on whatever app you listen, whether it's Apple Podcasts or any of the others on Spotify. But today I want to thank my sponsor, Grammarly. Grammarly helps me by quickly pointing out spelling or grammatical errors. I use Grammarly practically every day. I can write faster and more accurately using this tool. You can get started with Grammarly for free. It works on desktop applications and sites across the web. It works on apps, social media, documents, messages, and even emails. Use my affiliate link and you can get started right away. By using my link, it will benefit me and our team here at Mindfulness Mode. And at the same time, you get to try Grammarly for free. Here's the link, mindfulnessmode.com slash Grammarly, G-R-A-M-M-A, R-L-Y. And with that, take what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.